0: Wake up, put your shoes on, take a
1: breath of the northern air and rub those eyes. The Vikings off-season program begins on Monday. It's never really the off-season in the NFL for myself and for Jeff Diamond here on Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. There's always something happening. There's always something to speculate about. We're going to get into all the Vikings and NFL news we can here on today's program. We're coming to you from the uh, Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to our sponsor, our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Best way to listen to this show or any show at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is easy. You can go to talknorth.com to see all of our shows and check out uh, the Viking Update show as well as this one. We'll keep you fully up to date on the Vikings. Let's get into what – so the offseason program is beginning. And Justin Jefferson doesn't have a deal done yet. Uh, does that matter? And do you expect Justin to do anything at this offseason program?
0: Yeah. Hi, Jim. Welcome back from Augusta. And, hey, Jeff. and, and yes, I, I think that the with, with the offseason program opening next week, I, I do not expect Justin to participate in anything on the field. I think he I think he will show up as a gesture of good faith and, and be part of the meetings. But I don't think he'll do anything physical. In fact, I doubt he would even do a lot of the conditioning and weightlifting stuff until his his contract is extended. And they don't really need him to at this point in time. I think the difficulty with that extension is they obviously need to free up some more room, cap room, and that's not going to happen until probably after the draft when they make a decision what they want to do with Dalvin Cook and Zadaria Smith, who they can free up anywhere from 8 to to $12 million on those two guys apiece, depending if they are able to trade them or have to release them, or they may decide to keep one of them. We'll see. But until that happens, there's really not the cap room, even though when, when Justin's extension is done, they can certainly structure it, and I'm sure they will, so that the first-year cap number will be much lower uh, probably I would think in the ten to fifteen million dollar range compared to where it's gonna be on a thirty million a year plus deal, but they can structure it to keep the cap number down in the first year. I think the other interesting thing, Jim, when you talk about players and who's gonna participate in the offseason program is did Daniel Hunter has but really been quiet on the hunter front this offseason compared to some past years when he made a lot of noise. But he is not going to want to play for $5.5 million cash this year, which is what his contract currently calls for. And you know that they need to get an extension done with him too, especially if Z'Darrius Smith is not going to be here. And Marcus Davenport, the free agent signee, is coming off an injury year, and, and he's kind of a wild card. They could go to the draft where there's some really good edge rushers. But I think they're probably going to prioritize cornerback, even though there's been some rumblings about a quarterback, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Daniil Hunter, a very interesting case. He's still only 28 years old, which is kind of hard to believe. I know. But he had 10 and a half sacks last year, was eighth in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, if you believe them, in, in total pressures among edge rushers. So the guy is still productive. Plus, he was playing in a new defense last year as a stand-up outside corner edge rusher, which is the similar uh, system that Brian Flores, the new coordinator, is going to use. So, uh, Daniel Hunter, I think, is a critical guy to get that contract figured out, along with Jefferson's contract. Those two guys, and I don't really expect them, either one of those guys, to do a lot in the offseason program until their deals get resolved.
1: It, I find the off-season programs to be really interesting in that so often key players won't take part or will, you know, or will take it easy or will try to skip some of them. How important are they actually, or are they more important for younger developing players than veteran players?
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely more important for younger players, but it's still important for even, even vets, but, but not necessarily in the first few weeks. When it, it's all about conditioning, I think the first three weeks are, are just conditioning and, and meetings, which these guys can participate in meetings and then it and then it ramps up with OTAs in May and mini camp in June. I think those are more critical to be part of that program. But honestly, for guys like Jefferson and Hunter, they just really need to be there come training camp time and, and even towards the end of training camp is where it's more important so that they're in top condition. And and Hunter will we'll need to be on the field to kind of learn the nuances of Brian Forrest's system, which he is more aggressive than, than Ed Donatel last year. So I think that's more important. Jefferson, Hey, he's a super talented guy. We know that. and And he'll be ready to go when they need him to be there. And, and I, I certainly that has to be priority. Number one, he's their best player.
1: No doubt about it you mentioned cornerbacks let's get into that the Vikings basically have <laughs> very few cornerbacks right now and interesting time too the Lions just traded their former number three pick Akuda to the Falcons uh, in a year where they expect to win obviously they weren't very high on him uh, what is the state of cornerback for the Vikings right now and do they are they almost obligated to draft one fairly high
0: yeah I think they definitely are and it, it's a shaky situation Chris Boyd was was the most recent guy to leave, signs a one-year deal with the Cardinals. And he was a backup corner, but really one of their best special teams players too. And previously, of course, Patrick Peterson left to the Steelers. Duke Shelley, who had some good moments last year when he was forced to step in and he signed with the Raiders. I, I was a little surprised, Jim, that, that they outright released Cam Dantzler, even though I think Kanzler... Dancer was very inconsistent and, and also had injury problems. But I, I, apparently Brian Flores in studying the tape thought, okay, this guy is just not going to be a fit for for our, our team and our defense. And, and as we said, we've seen, we've seen enough inconsistency out of dancer, but I, I was a little surprised that they let him go so early uh, with nothing in return. So th- then you say, okay well who, who's back at corner? All these guys are gone. Really, they're top four guys in terms of play time, including Shandon Sullivan, who I thought was a very shaky slot corner and apparently is not going to be re-signed. And so they're counting on Byron Murphy, the free agent signee, and I think he's a good good addition if he can stay healthy, Uh, former second-round pick of the Cardinals, and again, a good player. And then you've got Andrew Booth Jr. and a Caleb Evans last year, second and fourth round picks. Booth, I'm a, I'm a little questionable on him because he's just been hurt so often in college. And then again last year, I thought a Caleb Evans showed some good stuff before he got injured and then was put on IR later in the season. So they're counting on Murphy, Booth Jr., and, and Evans, and then – you got to say they've got to draft a, a corner high either with that first-round pick. And there's a good crop of corners this year, guys like Joey Porter Jr., Devin Weatherspoon, Deontay Banks. These, those guys are all out of the Big Ten, by the way. <laughs> and Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, Emmanuel Forbes, Mississippi State, Kelly Ringo, Georgia. That's, there's some really good corners that are going to go in, in the first round. And I expect the Vikings to take a corner in the first round, even though some of these mock drafters have them taking a receiver. I don't see that uh, because I, I think that they they can p- perhaps add a a veteran receiver after the draft. A guy like Jarvis Landry's out there available, and he's an LSU guy, maybe has a connection with Jefferson. And then again, there's that wild card that you and I talked about the quarterback situation and could Hendon hooker be a guy, the Vikings target in this draft? but the corner situation, they have definitely got to address it. And I think in the first round and perhaps a corner in the later rounds, or maybe from that priority college free agent list, but they're going to have to add a couple, two, three corners out of this draft class through the draft or, or free agents that are undrafted. They've got to shore up that, that corner situation and maybe add a, 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 bargain free agent after the draft too.
1: If uh, Scene and Harrison Smith are the starting safeties, could Cam Bynum help as a slot corner?
0: I think he probably could. He he did play some corner in college at Cal. I'm not sure he, he runs as well as they would like <clears throat> for their slot corner, but I think he could certainly be a fallback guy possibly uh, because you, you got to expect that it's going to be Seen and Harrison Smith as as the starting safeties, but, but Hey, Lewis Seen's got to prove he can stay healthy and know the system and beat out that Bynum. So, but, but I think it is certainly a possibility, as you mentioned.
1: Interesting. All right, let's get uh, more into the Hendon hooker talk. Uh, That has become the, it always happens. There are always these, uh, and it's funny because it's so much of a perception, right? I don't think NFL draft boards internally change as much as perception on the outside and maybe some information leaks out that, that helps people understand what's really going on behind the scenes. All of a sudden Hendon Hooker becomes this big name attached to the Vikings. I think part of it is it's the easy national speculation when cousins doesn't get an extension Say, well, they're not extending cousins. They're looking for his replacement. Who's his replacement? Well, who can they draft where they're drafting? And they're not going to get one of the top quarterback prospects. Maybe Hendon Hooker is kind of that guy who could slide to them. So how much of the Hendon Hooker talk do you think is based in reality and how much do you think it is just easy speculation?
0: I I think there is is some possibility. He's a, a really interesting prospect and was a, really excellent quarterback at at Tennessee last year until he got hurt late in the season. So he he has the ACL injury in November, which would put him on a comeback trail to probably be ready when the regular season opens or shortly after. If they were to draft a guy like that, he doesn't need to play this year. We know that because Cousins will, will play his final season. But I still believe that that they want to keep Kirk Cousins I think it's been almost more because of the quarterback market and how it's it's it just keeps jumping and especially the Daniel Jones deal I think really messed up what they were thinking on Cousins which was well we'll we'll extend Kirk for 36 37 million a year off his 35 million dollar deal then Daniel Jones signs for 40 and all of a sudden the cousins camp is saying, Hey, we've, I've done a lot more than this guy. I'm a four-time pro bowler. He's never been a pro bowler, even though he beat the Vikings in the playoff game and he is more the mobile quarterback. So that could be one of the things that they're thinking about. They also with a tight cap, maybe thinking it's time to go to a younger quarterback on a, on a much more friendly salary cap entry level contract that we've seen teams, such as the Seahawks with Russell Wilson and the the Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes was on his rookie deal, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, on and on. There are so many examples of teams being able to build up around a a young quarterback and add a lot of talent. So that could be part of what Kwesi, Adolfo Menza, and Kevin O'Connell are thinking. It just would be weird because O'Connell spent so much time talking up Cousins last year. And even in the offseason and the connection that they had through their past at at Washington and then last year. And I think Cousins is still a a top 10 to top 12 quarterback, probably more in that 10 to 12 range. But again, if you can get that the right rookie quarterback who can win and be on that cheap contract, it's the ideal situation for team building in the NFL. So I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but it certainly wouldn't shock me. And, and it could even be Will Levis if, if all of a sudden Hooker becomes the number three quarterback behind Bryce Wilson and C.J. Stroud, and, and maybe Hooker rises up, and then it's Will Levis of Kentucky who's available to them. So it's going to be a really fascinating draft. It always is, but I, I still think corner should be the number one target for this team or possibly edge rusher. And I wouldn't be shocked if it was a defensive tackle. And and one of the things I, I wrote about, as you, as we've talked about, I write for the 33rd team, this kind of think tank with a bunch of former coaches and players and, and GMs. And I wrote this week about Jalen Carter, the, the, very talented defensive tackle from Georgia who ha- has all the, the, <clears throat> these character questions as Randy Moss did and and Jim believe it or not 25 years ago next week was when we picked Randy Moss in the first round when he slid down due to the character questions from a top five pick to number 21 and we could talk more about Randy next week since it will be the the anniversary of his drafting but Jalen Carter could take a slide. Now, I don't think he's going to slide to number 23 where the Vikings are because he's very talented, <clears throat> but he was injured last year. He had the street racing incident in Georgia where two people were killed, and, and, and he was involved in, in the street racing, and, and the police thought alcohol was a big factor, and, and then he has a terrible pro day at Georgia because he was overweight. And then, on top of all that, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, my old buddy Drew, dictates last week that Jalen Carter's only going to visit the top 10 teams in the draft, which I think was a ridiculously stupid approach to take with a guy that's got all these issues. Why do you want to further raise red flags about this guy when a, a team outside the top 10 may have wanted to trade into the top 10 for him? So. That, that's a ridiculous approach, too. But we know Drew loves publicity, so <laughs> I guess that's part of his game.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Right, let's, I have a thought on the quarterback situation. First, though, we want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore, whitebearlakesuperstore.com.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore, Buick GMC. My great friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running. With the best selection and their super friendly premium team, check out their great website, whitebearlakesuperstore.com, and you will see 0.9% APR for five years on 2022 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Crab models, 3.9% APR for five years, and a $750 purchase allowance on 2023 Buick Encore GXs, 1.9% APR plus $750 purchase allowance on 2022 and 2023 GMC terrains, plus no monthly payments for 90 days on these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the used HD trucks headquarters, and they are a certified elite dealer and the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut to be a certified elite dealer, so visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at Lake Superstore.com. For all your vehicle needs and the premium experience, Buick GMC, we are professional grade.
1: I'll just say this about the quarterbacks we're talking about. Will Levis sounds like a nut uh, when you talk, hear what he says to NFL teams. and Hooker, uh, size, athletic ability. He raised the level of his entire program. And if you look at the numbers, 70% completion percentage, highly efficient. 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. A year after going, 31 touchdowns, three interceptions. This guy, uh, you know, so often when you see athletic quarterbacks, you're like, okay, he can work on this. This guy is already efficient. He's already careful with the ball. He's a winner. Uh, I mean, good Lord. I, don't, I just don't know if you can pass on a guy like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's certainly a very interesting scenario that could develop on draft day for the Vikings because of the reasons we mentioned and because of Hooker's talent and the fact that that he was a senior so he, he's he's very experienced he's he's more mature than some of these other quarterbacks that come out early i think he could be a really very interesting and perhaps great pick for the team but there's a good chance he may be gone too because he sure. he does have have a high talent level but, but that acl injury could scare some people off in terms of picking him in the top twenty, so that that's going to be one to follow definitely on draft day, as we've said.
1: So the Vikings could be in the secondary free agent market now, and there's some interesting names out there: Justin Houston, Jarvis Landry. Obviously, Odell Beckham just signed with Baltimore, which is really interesting. Uh, what do you think of that? Of of those developments? In fact, Houston and Landry is still available, and Beckham did sign with Baltimore. I,
0: I think Justin Houston would be a really great kind of sneaky bargain free agent for the Vikings to sign. He he's thirty-four years old, but he keeps producing year after year, coming off nine and a half sacks, seventeen quarterback hits last year, had a sack in the playoff loss to the Bengals. And he's a guy that he's kind of kind of more a designated pass rusher now, which lowered his contract to three and a half million last season. So as they potentially free up money with either Zadarius Smith or Dalvin Cook. I could see the Vikings making a move on a guy like Justin Houston, and perhaps Brian Flores sees the value there, especially if Cedaria Smith is going to be traded or released. So Houston's a guy that I would definitely take a very hard look at and think about signing him. Uh, We mentioned before perhaps Jarvis Landry as a a veteran receiver. If they don't necessarily trust Jalen Rager, or Jalen Naylor to, ter- to step up to that number three role with Osborne likely to be the number two after Adam Thielen is now in Carolina. There are some people that think the Vikings may draft a wide receiver, too, in the first round. I don't see that. I, th- I think maybe perhaps with that third-round pick they might go receiver. We'll see about that. But there certainly are some talented receivers in this draft, too. And guys like Jordan Addison at USC, Zay Flowers, Boston College, Quentin Johnston, of TCU. There's some really good receivers that could be attractive to them too. So they're perhaps not locked in on a corner, but wow, it's really dangerous to think about putting all your eggs in the basket of guys like Andrew Booth Jr. who's been just hurt so much in his career.
1: Yes. Uh, Lamar Jackson, still unsigned. You look at all the his career stats, they've done a very poor job of giving him receiving talent. They have not been very productive at the receiver position. Uh, he's, made a, he's created a lot of yards by running and by throwing to his great tight end, Mark Andrews. Uh, now they have Rashad Bateman getting to a point of maturity in his career. They've added Odell Beckham. If Lamar Jackson comes back, does that upgrade their passing attack?
0: Yeah, I think it does. I, I thought... The Beckham deal with Baldwin was a little pricey for one year, $15 million, plus he's got $3 million in potential incentives. It, it just seems a little much for a 30-year-old player who did not play last year due to the ACL injury he had in the Super Bowl. He's had other injuries in the past. But I, I do think the signing is kind of part of their strategy in trying to appease Lamar Jackson and kind of extend an olive branch to him in their acrimonious negotiations on a long-term deal. And reportedly, Jackson was involved with the recruiting of, of Beckham. And so I, I think, as I said, that they're probably trying to make him a little happier and convince him to, to play on that $32 million franchise tag if they can't reach agreement on a long-term deal. Even though I, I still think it makes sense to do a long-term, maybe shorter deal, like three years, And guarantee almost all the contract at around forty-five to forty-seven million, whatever. And then they then they're not on the hook for two hundred and thirty million, which is what Jackson wants because of the Deshaun Watson contract. But if he does end up playing under the franchise tag, certainly having Beckham there, having Bateman coming back from his injury, I think that will be more appealing to, to Lamar Jackson in the coming year.
1: No doubt about it. Let's wrap up this show uh, with our favorite topic. We'll get to that in a second. Once again, thank you to White Bear Lake Superstore, Superstar.com. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. Again, all of our shows are at talknorth.com, including the Viking Update show. We've had a bunch of hockey shows. Uh, one show that is becoming increasingly popular is our Chin Music show with Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, and myself talking about the Twins in Major League Baseball. Check it all out. Uh, we have outdoor content. We've had a Joe Anderson, Dave Lee, Variety shows. We have Mike Grimm on the Gophers. Again, uh, check it all out and subscribe to the shows you like. It's free. It's easy. Uh, let's now get to it. Anything new on the Aaron Rodgers front?
0: <laughs> it's, it's pretty quiet, and we we did talk at length last week about who has the leverage in that negotiation. Which I think at this stage of the game, uh, it, it's probably the Jets to a to a slight level because the Packers would certainly like to get at least that second-round pick of the Jets. They have number 42 and number 43 in the second round, and I think that they would probably certainly be willing to deal one of those picks. I think that, I don't think they want to deal their number 13 pick in the first round, which I, I understand that, and, and perhaps they'll say, okay, well, we'll do a conditional first-rounder next year if he starts and gets us to the playoffs. But, but not a first-rounder this year. And so I think that the Jets have a little edge right now, but the Packers, because of, of the cap situation, can actually save money on Rodgers by waiting until after June 1st to trade him. So I think after the draft, then the leverage shifts a little bit to Green Bay because they can get more cap value out of it, and, and the Jets are going to get more anxious to want to get Rodgers in to work in their – in their OTAs and their minicamp. So right now it's, it's just that standoff. But we'll see what happens come draft time. And I, I still think that there'll be a deal done before the draft. I, I think that the Packers want to get that second round pick
1: interesting all right well we will keep updating on that lamar jackson vikings moves again we have uh, draft talk coming up we'll do some draft preview next week and certainly going into the draft so stay with us here at jeff diamonds vikings NFL insider check out the viking update show and we will talk to you next week